0: Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God, enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Brilliant. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your words and for uh, the stories we read within it, the things that we learn of you, the things that we learn of ourselves. Uh, And we pray that you would inspire us and excite us afresh this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I've been sneaky uh, and missed out the opening verse of that passage, and I'll explain why in a minute, because we will see it. Because this uh, particular passage in Acts chapter 2, which I'm sure is familiar to, to many of you, uh, is one we preached on before uh, here, and I think we even had one of the verses in this as our, our year motto maybe a couple of years ago, um, is is an exciting passage. When you read it and it makes you think about the church in an exciting way, this is obviously a New Testament church, early start to the the believers in Jesus. And this passage is often held up as being this perfect example of church and how church should be and what church should be like. Uh, people will refer to it this this beautiful scene of everyone having everything in common, uh, sharing with all those who have in need, uh, doing everything they can to to, uh, to learn, to grow, to develop. Uh, and it's this beautiful picture of community, genuine, authentic community. Uh, most of them meeting in people's homes, although also same meeting in the temple, which we'll come to in a minute as well. And it is a great example, but it's not the example of a perfect church because there is no such thing. Uh, As I've said before, if you think you've found the perfect church, you've already ruined it by walking into it. Uh, Because there is no such thing, because the church is made up of imperfect people uh, who will make mistakes, and and so there's no perfect church. And so we can't look at this as being the perfect church, but there is something we can do when we look at this passage, when we look at what is going on here for these early believers, uh, it's really important. Uh, The thing that we need to learn from this, and it is from the verse that was hidden from you and will be revealed in a moment. That's a warning to these guys to get it ready. Uh, So there's this beautiful picture of church. Today is uh, the the Sunday, uh, believe it or not, the Sunday next before Advent. Next Sunday is the start of Advent. Can you believe it? Uh, And it's also known as the Sunday of Christ the King where we celebrate that Jesus is our King. That's why we've been singing about him being the King of Wonders uh, this morning. That is the Sunday of Church of Christ the King. And this whole kind of sense of uh, Christ being the foundation, the bedrock, the ruler, the leader of the church, uh, the head of the church, as we were talking about a few weeks ago, is really central. And what we're having here is we're having the picture of what a church built on Christ looks like. But it streams from something very important. So it says there that they had, they broke bread together. Uh, but in verse 42, it says something far more important. So, how's Matthew managed to get verse 42? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then it goes on to say what we had. Everybody was filled with awe and wonder. And it's that concept of devotion, of being devoted that I think is really important for us to grasp today. I'm sure you can all think of things that you're devoted to, or maybe even people that you're devoted to. I always hesitate to use my own children as an analogy, but Toby is devoted to Brighton and Hove Albion. Okay? Uh, win, and so is Nick, and Zoe, and Sam, I know, But win or lose, they still wear the shirt... They still support the team. They still follow what's happening with the team. They are devoted to that team. And they won't just randomly support another team just for the sake of it. They are devoted to Brighton Hove Albion. And all credit to them for that. A great choice. Uh, and it is amazing, it's a beautiful sign of devotion. We, we all have things that we're devoted to. Hopefully those of you who are married here are devoted to your spouse or you're devoted to your children and you hope your children are devoted to you. Uh, maybe you're devoted to the work that you do. All kinds of different things that we find our devotion in. And to be devoted, uh, to give the dictionary definition, is to give all or most of one's time and resources to someone or something. So the dictionary definition, to be devoted, is to give all or most of one's time and resources to someone or something. But the biblical definition of devotion goes one stage further than that because when you read it in its context here and other places where that word appears and when you see what it was meant in its original language, it does mean that to be devoted is to give all or most of one's time or resources to someone or something, but it goes on to say with regularity and steadfastness. To be committed to someone or something with regularity and steadfastness. What that basically means is it's not just, I'm devoted this one day and then that's it. To be devoted to someone or something in a biblical sense of that word is to do so with regularity and steadfastness, to be steadfast and intentional in that devotion. Devotion doesn't really happen by accident. You have to be intentional with that devotion and you have to be steadfast within it, even in difficult and through difficult times. And so what were they devoted to? They were devoted to a lot of things, and I'm going to go through some of them, but not in the order that they appear there, uh, just in the order that they, they just are highlighted to me. And there are some things that aren't necessarily listed there, but we know that the early church were devoted to because we read about it elsewhere in Scripture, or we know that they uh, devoted to it because it's what Jesus asked of them. So first of all, I hope it goes without saying they were devoted to Christ. <laughs> They were devoted to the person of Jesus Christ. They had fallen head over heels in love with Jesus, the risen Jesus who they had come to know personally and deeply and relationally, and they are devoted to him 100%, even to the point of risking their lives for that sake, risking their lives to share the good news of his resurrection and his life. They were 100% devoted to the person of Jesus despite the risk that that entailed around them. Let's remember the early church was hugely persecuted for their faith in Jesus because it went totally against what the Roman Empire was teaching. And so they they were at risk every day for that devotion. But they were so devoted to Christ, they would have done anything for him. They were also devoted to each other. To the church itself, the body of people together they were devoted to genuine fellowship that means not having coffee together once a week, but doing life together in any way they could in sharing in their life together they would meet regularly in people 's homes they would be devoted to the breaking of bread uh, sharing communion together, which Paul goes on to say in Corinthians uh, is really important that whenever you have bread and wine together you 're remembering what Christ has done for you and they were doing this on a even daily, every other day basis, they were devoted to that fellowship, devoted to that community. They were 100% committed to that life together. And so they were devoted to the church, to one another. They were devoted to the needs of others. I mean, this is a beautiful picture, isn't it? Of selling all your possessions and making sure that nobody is in need. I mean, it's a wonderful picture of community, uh, a wonderful picture of what it means to be Christ like, because all of these things that we've described so far are already massively countercultural, massively against the grain, massively against how it would normally be. To be devoted to one God, that would have been ridiculous in the time, but they were. To be devoted to each other, to love your enemy, to love the people around you, that was so countercultural, but they did it. To be so caring about the needs of others, you're willing to sell your own possessions so that they don't go in need? That was ridiculous. But they did it. So they were devoted to the needs of others. They were also devoted in their worship. Uh, worship plays a real key part in our devotion, and it's one of those things that's a bit of a, uh, I guess, a kind of chicken and egg thing or a cyclical thing where our devotion fuels our worship and our worship fuels our devotion, if that makes sense. So it's, it's love of Jesus that leads us to worship, and it's as we worship, our love of Jesus is enhanced and grows all the more. The more we declare of how great his wonders are, the more we see, the more we love you, as we've just been singing and so there's a sense in which they are devoted in their worship and their, wor- their devotion grows through that worship. <coughs> They're devoted to prayer, as we've been talking about this morning, because they believe that prayer changes things. They believe that prayer makes a difference. They believe that when they pray, God hears and hears answers. And so they devote themselves to it. I don't think they just had a prayer meeting every so often whenever it felt like them, but whenever they were together, they were praying and feasting together and sharing in prayer, believing in prayer, believing that prayer changes things. And so they were devoted to that prayer. They were steadfast in prayer. They were steadfast in it, committed to it. And then they were devoted, I think this one's really interesting and I, I wonder how we're doing with this one generally as individuals, but they were devoted to learning. They were devoted to growing in their discipleship as followers of Jesus, in, as, as apprentices of Jesus. They were devoted to learning more and it says here primarily through the apostles teaching, but it also says very clearly that they went to the temple. Now let's remember that this first group of Christians were primarily Jews. And it wasn't the case that when they became Christians they lost their Jewishness. They were still Jews. And so they still went to the temple. And when they went to the temple, the key thing you'd do there is to hear from the scriptures, to hear the scriptures read, to hear them unpacked by a rabbi who would sit and teach the ways of God, teach the things of God to you, so you'd be growing and you'd learn in your understanding of what was meant. And then the apostles' teaching would take that teaching and read Christ into it and say, here is what Christ means for this fulfillment. That passage you heard read out in the temple today, let me tell you, that was pointing to the person of Jesus Christ who you now know. And this is what it means to live your life for him. This is what it means to be sold out for him. This is what it means to be devoted to him. And the apostles would help them to understand and unpack the apostles who were there when Jesus did the things that he did, who witnessed firsthand the miracles that Jesus performed, who had been commissioned by Jesus to do this very thing. Uh, they were actually, some of the apostles uh, even were the foundation of that church that he, was being built. And those first Christians, those first believers in Jesus were devoted, were hungry to learn as much as they could about Jesus and about the word of God and about the scriptures. They were hungry to learn more about him. and So they were devoted to their learning. I don't know about you, but I found that in my life, I tend to be most devoted to the things and the people that I love. I think, actually, it's impossible to be devoted without love. I think you can be committed without love. You can be committed to your job and not love it. You could be committed to the things you need to do around the house and not love doing them. But to be devoted to something, I think it streams from a place of love. You're naturally devoted to what you love, to who you love. And so all of this picture here, this picture of this wonderful church, as we've been saying over the past few weeks when we talked about honor and when Peter talked about love three weeks ago, we cannot do this without the Spirit's help. We cannot be that devoted without knowing the love that is on offer for us today, without receiving that love, that forgiveness, that grace, that mercy that comes from our Father in heaven. And so to be devoted means primarily to grow in love with Jesus. I know I've said before that I don't know whether you're the kind of person who has a to-do list. Hands up if you are a to-do list person. You love having a list in front. Not everybody is, but most of us, even if we don't have a list in front of us, a lot of us subconsciously have a list of things we want to do and get done in a day. Uh, And this is the best bit of advice I was ever given uh, at any point in my life. And it was, I think it was in college. It might not have been, I can't remember. But it said that if you have a to-do list, the things to put at the top of that to-do list are to know Jesus better and to love God more. And if you can tick those two things off at the end of the day, it's been a good day. Regardless of what else you have or haven't achieved off your list. To know Jesus better and to love God more. That's devotion. If that's your number one desire, then you will be devoted to that desire, whatever that means. Whatever that looks like for you and it will look different for all of us. The question is, how devoted are you to Jesus? How devoted are you to one another? How devoted are you to the needs of others? How devoted are you in your worship? How devoted are you in your prayer? How devoted are you in your learning? And I don't say these things to make you feel rubbish for what you're not doing. But I think this, what this whole thing does for us is give us an aspiration for more. Because look what happened when they did that. Signs, wonders. Miracles, thousands of people coming to faith, hundreds of people joining the church because what they were doing was so countercultural. Do you want that? Do you want to see that? I do. I want to see that in my lifetime. I want to see this church fall to the brim with people who are desperate to know Jesus. And it starts with our devotion. If we are devoted to the person of Jesus Christ... And devoted to those other things, the other things will follow. In other words, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be added unto you. So rather than me asking, How devoted are you to the church, to the needs of others? How devoted are you in your worship? How devoted are you in prayer? How devoted are you in learning? I'm going to make it much simpler. How devoted are you to Christ? Just start with that one. What would it mean in your life? What would it look like in your life to be slightly more devoted to Christ? And whatever that looks like, if you start with that one, the rest will begin to follow. And if you're stuck with that one, there are people who will pray for you and help you to come unstuck. (laughs) And for many of us, It is literally about baby steps forward and sometimes two steps back and one step forward. But it begins with at least wanting to be devoted. So even rather than asking how devoted to Jesus, I'll actually ask, how much do you want to be devoted to Jesus? Because if there's a seed of wanting you to be devoted to him, That's all he needs. Surrender that to him and say, Jesus, I want to want you. I want to want to be devoted to you. And see what he does with that. Because as he has promised, he who has begun a good work in you will see it through to completion. He will. And the more devoted to him you become, the more these other things will follow, the more devoted we'll become to each other, to the needs of others, to prayer in our worship. The more devoted we'll become to learning more about him. And then we will see these other things. So Jesus, I pray, increase my desire of you. I want to want more of you. If there's anyone here this morning with a sense of not good enough, I want to pray that you break that now in the name of Jesus. Because your desire is for relationship with us wherever we are right now. And we don't have to get everything sorted so that then we can be devoted to you. But we can devote ourselves to you and then work with you in those things that we want to change about ourselves. To those who are already devoted, I pray, Lord, that you'd show us what it means to be more devoted to you. But also, if there's people here this morning and you know that there's a calling of devotion to one of the other areas, would you speak that over us now? Whether it's to be more devoted to the church, to one another, more devoted to fellowship, more devoted to the needs of others, more devoted in worship more devoted in prayer more devoted to learning more about you whatever it may be that you're calling us to God it has to be your call not mine so spirit we invite you to just speak into each of our lives but above all else May we be more devoted to you. Increase our desire of you this morning.